0: when you pray you're experiencing missions you're a missionary and and you're showing empathy and you're weeping with those who weep and of course with a laugh with those who laugh so so you're you're connecting because almost always they're hurting there's a hurt a family hurt a health hurt there there are some some deep needs and so when you pray you're reaching out to them, and you're touching them where they are, and and, and you're lifting them up to God.
1: Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. You know, Jesus said to pray and set examples of prayer. You know, the only question that the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them to do was, how do you pray? Of course, we see quite often Jesus would withdraw and spend time in prayer to the Father and set the example, and all through Scripture, pray without ceasing, always pray. And so prayer is really just talking to God, and that relationship that we have, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we have the freedom that the veil has been ripped in half, and so now we have the freedom to boldly go before the throne of grace and present our request as followers of Jesus Christ. Well, today we're going to talk about the way God is using prayer today. Now, some say, well, prayer is just maybe a religious symbol or ceremony or something you do but doesn't really work. Well, we've got some examples today we want to share with our guests. Dr. Kenny Bruce is the lead pastor at Leewood East. Dr. Bruce, it's good to see you.
0: Thank you. It's good to be here. I can't believe
1: that you and I haven't gotten together before now. Yeah. I it, thought we had, but I you're right. We've never met until just a few moments ago. Right. So where you been hiding? Been praying. (laughs) You've been been praying. Before we get started, how long have you been the lead pastor at Leewood
0: East? 17 years.
1: Now, we know there's the Leewood Baptist Church, and I would like to use the word historic Leewood Baptist Church because Uh for many years, the church was pastored by Dr. Jerry Glisson. I think over 45 years, or over 40, I know. He wasn't the only one. That church has a history of. Preaching the gospel, teaching the word of God, and it's been quite effective for many years. I think after Doctor Glisson retired, Tommy Vincent, brother Tommy Vincent, pastored there for a while. Then you came and were pastor there at the main campus. I think you told me Leewood had bought some property where the East Campus is now.
0: Right, they'd already bought the property. I pastored two years and three months. I pastored both churches, Leewood and Leewood East, for ten months, and I had a two office days at one church, two at the other. I preached four times on Sundays, twice on Wednesdays, and finally we grew to where I was able to go out Leewood East full time. There was a beautiful, beautiful unity and there still is between the mother and the daughter church.
1: So the two churches are they separate or they still work as a one body?
0: No, we incorporated when we went out there. Both churches voted. Again there was I think there was two no votes between two churches, just beautiful wonderful unity the way it ought to be mother church giving birth to the daughter church
1: yeah and that's really what the church is all about reproducing itself (laughs) right right?
0: that's exactly right
1: what about you kenny backstory where did you grow up where did life begin tell me something about your family
0: well i grew up in caruthersville missouri got married in 1979 i had a little boy was pastoring whitman wall baptist church And in 1985, my wife died with liver cancer and left me with a 17-month-old little boy toddler to raise. Two years and three months later, I married Jeannie Deaton. She was a member at Broadmoor Baptist and a very, very, very godly lady, godly wife. She would never been married. And we have two more children. We have three now and are just as happy as we can be. And all three of our children are very godly, very committed to Jesus.
1: Back to Caruthersville growing up, what type of work did your dad do? What was your mom like?
0: Well, Daddy was in the grocery business, and so I grew up in the grocery business. And uh, Mother always made sure we were at church, and she made sure that Daddy made sure we were at church. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, we we were raised in a Christian home and uh, just was always at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night and so forth.
1: What did you think you were going to follow your dad's footsteps in the grocery business? Did you have other dreams or aspirations to do something else? Did you go off to college?
0: Yeah, I went to um, Mississippi State. I went to law school at Ole Miss. Sure, I, I thought, seriously, Daddy had four grocery stores, you know, taking over the business, and he thought I might take over the business. And I was dealing with God's call to full-time ministry when I was in law school so my sister was at southwestern baptist theological seminary my younger sister and um, through their prayers and my going down to visit her and some professors uh, i felt god was calling me full-time in the ministry and so i went to southwestern baptist theological seminary
1: can okay, you mentioned that you of course pastored many churches over the years and through your ministry what would you consider to be some of the more successful outreaches of the churches where you've served
0: Well, I think, first of all, there has to be a total commitment to Jesus Christ, because when there's a total commitment to Jesus Christ, that creates an exciting atmosphere. And it's an exciting atmosphere about what God is doing, about what God is going to do, and that's contagious. So I think that's, first of all, there has to be that unwavering, steadfast commitment to Jesus Christ. And there's got to be a a zeal to visit people, love people, show compassion, whether it's leading people to Jesus Christ, whether it's loving them through fiery trials. I just think that kind of humble compassion to be with people, to pray with people uh, will lead you to visit, and they know that you really, really care. I just think that's unbelievable, genuine outreach.
1: What you're sharing there, Kenny, I'm just hearing just the heart of a pastor. That's really, I think, what a pastor is all about, what you just shared, caring about people, obviously preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching God's word, but being there. People do go through hard times in life, don't they? Yes. Even yourself. I mean, you're not immune. Your wife passed away of liver disease Mm -hmm. as a young father. Sure. And so, and then there you were. And how long did you have to go between the time you met your wife today?
0: Um, I married Jeannie two years, three months after my wife died. And so anytime there's a death because a spouse dies, then I have an immediate rapport camaraderie because whatever they feel, whatever they think, I've already been through.
1: Yeah. I just, I can't imagine, you know, what that's like. I'm sure God gave you grace and and helped carry you through that time.
0: Sure. I just took a pastor out last week, Dr. James Adams here in Memphis, because his wife recently died. And then yesterday I took Jimmy Davis out to eat because his wife died almost three months ago. He's pastor at Rosemark Baptist. So, you know, God comforts us so that we can comfort others who are going through what we've been through.
1: As I mentioned, as we opened up the show today and talked about prayer and the commands and the encouragement in Scripture for us to pray, as we've said throughout the Bible, we see that believers called to pray. How have you seen prayer directly connect your church family to ministry that meets people where they are.
0: Well, when you pray, you're experiencing missions. You're a missionary. And and you're showing empathy and you're weeping with those who weep and of course with a laugh with those who laugh. So so you're you're connecting because almost always they're hurting. There's a hurt. A family hurt, a health hurt. There there are some some deep needs. And so when you pray you're reaching out to them, and you're touching them where they are, and and, and you're lifting them up to God.
1: You know, Kenny, just yesterday as you share that, my daughter-in-law asked me could I give her a ride home, and she works downtown. And so I was trying to get out of the office here, and traffic can be pretty busy around the 5 o'clock hour, especially down Poplar Avenue. I needed to stop and get gas, and uh, so I needed to get it as quick as I could because I didn't have a lot in my tank. And so I stopped at a nearby gas station along the way. It was busy. It was people, you know, trying to check out. And this one attendant called me over to his register, and, and I just said, hey, how you doing? What kind of day are you having? His face was just real heavy. I could tell there was a burden. And he said, I'm not doing too good. Said, I just got a call that my wife and daughter were in a car accident. I think they're going to be okay. They're on their way to the hospital to check them. My daughter's having a hard time turning her neck. I just said, you know, I'm really, really sorry. And I said, i tell you, I'm about to drive downtown, and I will pray for you while I'm driving. And his countenance changed, Brother Kenny. I mean, he literally put a smile on his face, and he said, thank you so much. That wasn't conducive for me to pray at that moment with him in the line right there because he was trying to do his job. But taking the time to assure him that I would, and I did. I, I'm, you know, I'm not looking for brownie points or anything like that. I think there's more opportunity, isn't there, to try to connect
0: with people through prayer? Well, people everywhere are really hurting Uh, last thursday we had drive-through prayer we had two ladies let's
1: let's stop a second now because this is what we're leading up to this is really why we've gotten together today to talk about this drive-through prayer ministry and before you share that story i want to kind of lay the foundation so those who are listening to our show this afternoon the idea where the idea about drive-through prayer come from
0: it came from paula threcheld she's the wife of our minister of worship carter And she had seen a Christian church uh, experiencing this, and we thought it was a great idea, and and it's exceeded our expectations.
1: Okay, now, of course, when you say drive-through, there's drive-through banking, there's drive-through fast food, there's drive-through dry cleaners, there's different drive-throughs. So, what you're saying, drive-through prayer.
0: Can I tell you how we do it?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I want to hear about it.
0: Uh, We put a big banner up, which is very important, that says drive-through prayer. Next Tuesday, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. It's already up at our church for next Tuesday. We put it up a few days ahead. The day before, we put out approximately 14 signs that say drive-through prayer in the ground. About half of them have an arrow pointing one way and the other an arrow pointing another way, so you get both lanes of traffic. And then we have anywhere from 5, 6 to 10 or 12 people out waving at the traffic as they go by on the morning of the drive-through prayer.
1: And let's share too where the church is located. I think it's important because you're on a pretty main thoroughfare where a lot of traffic is moving. Right. I guess that would be north and south. I guess off of Houston Levy.
0: Right, right. That's correct. And and the signs cover almost one fourth of a mile. Uh, so so we we have a lot of area advertising the drive-through prayer and uh, people and and about. Close to a third of the people will honk as as a way of affirmation and, you know, they're supporting you. And so you're out there waving. And and then we have people at two entrances. Uh, And so when someone drives in the entrance, if that person is a female, the person at the entrance will raise one arm real high, letting four, five, six, seven people standing out under a pavilion know that the person coming for prayer is a female. So we'll have always at least three females, sometimes four, and we have two different lanes, and one of them will meet the female. If the person who pulls in the entrance is a male, then the person will raise up two hands uh, to let them know a male is coming, and so we'll usually have two to four men, and one of them will greet the man so that men are praying with men and women are praying with women.
1: Typically, how much time are you spending in prayer with those who pull up?
0: Well, we, we say listen long and pray short. Yeah. So it, it depends on how much time they take uh, because most of them are on their way to work, and they don't have a lot of time. So we'll listen to them, and then we'll pray for them. And uh, and our people love the Lord, and they really get prepared biblically before the prayer time just asking God to give them wisdom to know exactly how to pray for them. And uh, each person who prays has a notepad, and they introduce themselves, get the name, and ask them for the cell number so we can follow up and say, we're praying for you. And uh, it's amazing, almost everyone is very much at peace to give us their cell number. So they give the name and the cell number, and they write down the prayer request so that every week we have a list of the prayer requests and so forth.
1: Now, when this was first presented to your church, were there any reservations? Were people excited about being involved with this?
0: No, Byron, people people were so excited. And as a pastor, because I've pastored 41, 42 years, and I have never in my life ever seen anything and we've had some great sowing in churches. Remember, for 20 years, Leewood was second in the state of Tennessee in baptisms. Yeah, I remember that. So a great evangelistic church. But I believe that the priority of Jesus is prayer. And I debated that for a few years. Is it prayer or evangelism? Because he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. But I believe prayer was a priority of Jesus. And I don't think you're going to share Christ without praying, So I believe prayer is a priority, and we're trying to make it a priority of our church. We want our church to be known out in the community as the church that prays for you. So our people responded, and it's been growing and growing and growing. They are so excited. They feel like they're on the mission field. They they feel like they're doing (laughs) missions, and they feel like God is using them, and it's absolutely phenomenal.
1: You know, Brother Kenny, I was just thinking it was really through prayer that God got Hold oh, to my heart, I believe. There was a, a young lady who was uh, an illustrator for the old Presimeter newspaper. We actually worked together at a volunteer radio station in town, and I helped train her. I was, new. I was only 14 years old when I started working at this volunteer radio station. But she noticed that I didn't have a relationship with Christ. She knew the kind of life I'd come from, a single-parent home, and had a, really a tough upbringing. But she was concerned. I received a letter later, after I'd come to Christ, and I was serving over in Europe on a mission team. And I received this letter from her. And she said, I'm just wanting to thank God for what he's done in your life. And she shared how she used to pray. And I had a little motorcycle. And she would follow up behind me and asking God, please don't let him get Amen. killed so he'll be saved. You know, So she yeah. prayed for me. You know, prayer is powerful. It really is. And it, it does move the heart of God.
0: You know, it, it's a blessing when someone drives up and asks for prayer and they come back a week or two or three weeks later and they say God has answered that prayer. Well, I was going you know, to a you, blessing.
1: I wanted to ask you, do people actually come back and share what the results of those prayers have been?
0: Some, not all. Sure. And um we do this every other Tuesday morning. And most Tuesday mornings we have at least we have anywhere from 11 to 21 or 22 people drive in that hour. But but usually one will come in and say We we appreciate what you're doing. Uh, God bless you. Can I pray for you? Really? And so that that's (laughs) you know very exciting. Affirmative. And um, we we have one or two ladies who come in at least once a month. Uh, And yes, not all, but but many come back to say this is how God has answered my prayer.
1: Do you have any repeat customers? You know, those who come back and want to continue to pray about something, or maybe present a new request to you. Right.
0: Right. We have. We have three or four who who are constantly uh, repetitive people who come in asking for prayer. We had National Day of Prayer last Thursday, drive-through prayer, 12 hours. We had 6 to 15 or 16 people every hour out drive-through prayer waving. We had 30 to 40 cars come in. This one lady came in with someone and we prayed for both of them. She came back about 15, 20 minutes later with someone else because someone else wanted prayer. She came back about 30 minutes later <laughs> with the third person because the third person wanted prayer. So it just gets, it builds, it gets so
1: exciting. Oh my, that's so exciting, Brother Kenny. That's just a wonderful story. I know when you get these requests, they're probably, I'm sure, a variety of type of requests that you get. Do you you notice there's one particular gender, one particular age? Is, is it mixed between men and women and different ages that are stopping in? And talk about some of these requests. I've got to be some pretty heavy requests at
0: times. Seventy-five to 80 percent are women. So, so 10 to 20 percent are men. Um, at least 50 percent of the people come in, they're already crying. Uh, many others are about to cry. So they're really, really hurting uh, the categories of prayer, they, they, they come in for for bereavement. This one man came in uh, to me, and he said, My 12-year-old son died a year ago today. Will you pray for me? And uh, this one lady came in, and she, she had two little children. She was crying. She said, My husband told me last night he wanted a divorce. And, and so there's some deep hurts, a, a lot of grief. A lot of prayers for family, family members, members uh, may be in the military, members may be uh, in jail, quite a few prayer requests for custody of children. So the family is a uh, a big category of of prayer requests of illnesses. Uh, one lady said, I'm on kidney dialysis. Will you pray for me? One said, I have leukemia. Will you pray for me? One last Thursday said, I have a friend, uh, with inoperable brain cancer. Will you pray for him? Uh, one lady says, I have arthritis. Another lady said, I have uh, liver cancer. So, uh, you know, there, there's personal health issues that are very serious and they need prayer. And, and I'm telling you, people are hurting. You know, they really are,
1: kidding. it. I know that right now while we're doing this program, there's people listening to us that are hurting really deeply. Mm-hmm. Some of the same concerns that you just shared that those are asking are probably on the hearts of those listening right now. And maybe, maybe other things are just so heavy that they've been carrying mm-hmm. in their life, you know. Mm-hmm. And to have a friend to come alongside and said, hey, I want to pray with you. I'm here for you. Uh, there was someone in my office the other day he asked me how things were going and I just shared a personal request and he said, I'll pray for that. And, and he walked out and I was here at my desk. A few minutes later, he walked back in. And he said, well, we got to pray right now for that. That meant so much to me knowing that people say, well, I'll pray for you. But when you stop and when you invest your time right at that moment to listen, like you said, listen long mm-hmm. and show the compassion like Jesus example. I mean, that means so much to be there.
0: Yeah. I, I, I teach and try to practice myself, our people, that wherever you are, if you're at the hospital, wherever you are, you see someone hurting, crying, what have you, is to go ask them, you know, what What are you experiencing? And I deeply care, and can I pray for you? And I, I just love it when people say, I was at this place or this place, and so-and-so was crying, and I went up, and we got to pray together. And I wanted to tell you about 80, 90 of us have bought T-shirts in the last few weeks, and they say, how can I pray for you on the front? So we had two ladies leave, drive through prayer Thursday, went to Baptist Hospital. They walked in the hospital. They were there to see a good friend of theirs who has um, brain cancer. When they walked in the hospital, this lady said, I mean, right when they walked in, will you pray for me? And so they said, well, Sure. And so right in the front of Baptist Hospital, when you first get into the foyer, the three of them took hands and prayed. They went up to see their friend. They left and walking in the parking garage. And again, on the front of these T-shirts, how can I pray for you? These two ladies asked the two ladies from our church, will you pray for us in the parking garage? And so they said, sure. So the four of them held hands and they prayed. And I'm just sharing that to demonstrate how people are hurting everywhere we go.
1: Yes. My next question, you're already given the answer, but I wanted you to kind of talk more about how this drive-through prayer ministry is impacting your church most. It seems like people are becoming more compassionate. They're they're listening. They're concerned about people's needs.
0: It's the most exciting thing I've ever seen in in the life of a church. Our people are, are excited beyond measure. And as a pastor, it excites me, my cup runs over, to see our people so excited. They are so fulfilled, their cup runs over. And we started in November, and we hadn't had to recruit anybody in months, and it just keeps growing. It's the excitement. It's the excitement of being used.
1: It's One of those things you're saying, do I have to
0: I get to you know? I get to right. I get to do yeah, this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we've had a few not comfortable praying with a stranger, and so we said, you know most Christians are not comfortable praying with a stranger, so just come and we'll we'll um, group you up with someone and, and you can learn from them, and they've come, and we put two together, you know one who's trained, used to it, and the other one's sort of the novice. And I mean by the next time or two, they're doing it by themselves. It's incredible to watch that discipleship.
1: Yeah. Have you noticed, Brother Kenny, any new faces come to your church now as a result of the drive through ministry?
0: We have um, a man coming to our uh, men's group. He comes most Tuesday mornings for prayer. But at the point of reaching people for our church, uh, no, we we've not seen that. And we, we think we will. We think we're going to begin to reap what we sow. If we'll just be faithful. Um, everybody has witnessing tracks, uh, opportunities to lead people to Jesus. But no, we've not had any families visit or join as a result of this drive-through prayer ministry.
1: I think it's still, as you go back to the fact, whether you do or you're, you're not, you're still doing the work of Christ right. as a church is reaching out into the community and touching mm-hmm. lives like this. How would you suggest, we've got to wrap up our show today, but how would you suggest other churches in our area consider starting a similar prayer ministry to reach those in their community?
0: The same way. I, I, I would I would counsel any church to, to have this prayer ministry. It, it's phenomenal. Uh, it says to the world, to the community, that we love you, we care for you. You're demonstrating the compassion of Jesus. You're doing what God wants you to do. You're praying. You're praying for people, and I believe with all my heart, it's greatly increasing the prayer life of our church of the people in our church during the week. I, I believe their prayer lives are stronger as a result of their doing this on Tuesdays.
1: Yeah, I believe so. You know, from time to time, we have in the morning drive on the air. We report traffic, and sometimes there's injury accidents. My time is limited because of our programming, but uh, I'll say a short prayer live on the air. You know, I'll mention we have an injury accident at this location. I get more people say how much that means to them. In one case, there was a lady that shared with me. I interviewed her on a talk show like we're doing right now. After we finished the show, she said, oh, by the way, a year ago, I was driving my car, got hit by a dump truck, flipped over several times, pinned upside down inside my car. And radio was tuned to your station like I always listen. You came on and you started praying. There's an injury accident here. And I heard you praying for me before the ambulance got to the scene. Still gives me chills to tell that story. But knowing that people are in crisis at different times in life or they're carrying heavy burdens and to have somebody pray for them means a whole lot. Dr. Kenny Bruce, this has been great. Leewood East is located on Houston Levy Road. It's just, I believe, North of Macon Road at Macon in Houston, Mm -hmm. as you're traveling, you're traveling toward Highway 64, Mm -hmm. and so that's where the church is located. What's the exact address?
0: 1620,
1: 1620 Houston Levy Road. Mm -hmm. You can go to the website leewoodeast.org, leewoodeast.org, to get information about the service times and other events and opportunities to connect and minister with the folks
0: at Leewood and Facebook. What's happening at Leewood East on Facebook?
1: Oh, you got a Facebook page too. Okay, fantastic! But make sure you put Leewood East as you look for Facebook, Brother Kenny. Thank you so much for what you're doing for the Kingdom of Christ in our community through the drive-through prayers. Thanks for stopping by.
0: Thank you. We just do this for the glory of God. Amen.
1: Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.